Hello, Sandy. How you doing, girl? Hey, I'm doing okay. How are you, Kathy? You know what? It's here we are at Friday. That's our, our launch date and our chat date. Doing pretty darn good. It's been a good busy week. It's uh, almost a week past Mother's Day and um, just a full busy week. How was your time away? We haven't chatted. You've been gone. Yeah, it was great. We did a, a Utah National Park trip and it was awesome. I had no idea it was uh, going to be as spiritual as it was. It was a, it was it was mighty fine. Dennis and I had a fun time and it was, um, I, I just had no idea. I had no idea the USA. I mean, I knew I'd heard about all the national parks and knew, and we've been to some, but oh my goodness, those Utah parks are apps. They blew me away. They were beautiful. My grandson got married in October and, um, their honeymoon was going to be in Iceland. But mm-hmm. because of COVID and all that was going on, they weren't able to go. And so they packed up the tent, the Coleman lantern, the Coleman stove, and they just did the same thing you and Dennis did. And they had a blast. Mm-hmm. In fact, they, they, where were they at? They sent pictures of where they were camping in the, in the desert. And there was a campground in the desert. Yeah. Yep. I'm like, yeah. that's, and it was so weird that just the site, no green, no water, just desert camping. Yep. Yep. <laughs> Lots of that down there, but it's just so beautiful. I mean, you just, yeah. I, yeah. I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm loss of words to describe the ac- absolute beauty of all the different parks. We ended up going to three or four and uh, it was just amazing. I, I, I tell, I'm, I want everybody to go. I mean, I just tell everybody to get down there and see them be, and make sure we went at a great time too, because it was May or end of April, 1st of May. And so it was after spring vacation, but before the kids were out of school and it wasn't hot. Now, what we were told down there is, boy, the summers are brutal and the lines are long. But so if you can try, I mean, it's worth taking kids out of school for. Absolutely. It's an education of itself. I know a lot of homeschool mamas that they do that and it's part of the curriculum. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and there's an actual lesson that she puts together, you know, how, you know, if they go to the Grand Canyon, what's the, you know, do to do, do to do. So it's sort of cool because it's firsthand experience. Yeah. Very cool. Well, you know, today we had um, chatted about, I know last week we did gut feelings. I got some great feedback. Thank you for those who listened. Um, I had one comment say, you have no idea that I was struggling with a gut feeling with a neighbor. And when I listened, it helped me really just take it to the Lord and figure out what to do. And they were able to process it. Um, so that feedback, we so appreciate it when you give us feedback because it helps us be better us's so that we can serve you better. So I know as Sandy and I talked about what to talk about, we said that maybe it's too close to Mother's Day, but because of our different stories about Mother's Day, I thought it would be a good idea for us to do it. Sandy agreed. She was raised or not raised. She, when she got some of her counsel, I'll let her share now the book and some of the pieces that she put together that she brings to the table today and her story about her mama, if you'd ready for that, Sandy. Okay, well, um, motherless daughters, you know, there's so many of us in this world. We're not, it certainly isn't, we're not alone. Uh, Not at all. Yeah, tons of us have had to live without our mamas. And some, it's just been a different situation. Um, For me, I... I 
I lost my mom at 19. She was diagnosed with cancer uh, July 7th, and she died August 20th that same summer. So she was gone within a month Whoa. and a half. And, uh, you know, it changed me forever, forever. I probably would never have moved out to the away from her. I don't think, I don't know. Maybe I would have, who knows? We don't know, but I can tell you that going through life without a mom was very difficult. But at the time I had such faith that I knew that I'd be okay. And I, it's so hard to explain that because I was only 19. But as we've said before, I was raised with uh, in a Christian home and going to church and stuff. And that's, I don't know if it was just inbreded in me or if it's just something we said, or, you know, I look back now as a, as an older woman going, Hmm, how would I ever have, I don't know. It's just faith is a funny thing when you're younger, you just go in, sometimes you go in and out of it, you know, but um, what would you tell that 19 year old girl today? Well, I, first of all, there's a lot of things I tell her. Um, It's really hard to have children and not have the mama to call uh, or just the guidance. But I was a lucky one, Kathy. I was so fortunate that I had the kind of love my mom gave me and her other children that I was able to take that and exponentially carry that through with my children. Was it easy? You know, I look back now and, oh, I want to talk about the book. The book is called Motherless Daughters by Hope Edelman. And it's not a new book. It's an old one. It's been around for quite a while. And it's a courageous journey into the heart of a woman's most profound life altering passage. And that's pretty much in a nutshell, because you have to continue on when someone dies, you have to continue on, you move on. And uh, you have children and you if you do have children, or in any any facet of your life, you you just move on and you have to do it. And it can be sad, it can be Uh, The grieving cycle can come through, whether it's 15 years later, 10 years later, or whatever. For me, it, it, it all hit at when I was in my 50s. And when my mom got close to when I got close to 55. And we've talked about this maybe before, I don't know. But my mom died at 55. And what after reading this book, uh, I knew that it was very um, normal to think you were going to die at that age very, very normal. You thought something was going to happen to you. You just had that in your head. It's emblazed in your head that your mom died at 55 years old. So, and the other thing is, is knowing that something bad is always going to happen. I was that kind of person. I mean, even though I wasn't, I don't think I was negative per se. I don't think my kids would say I was a negative mama, but I thought, something was always going to happen. We, we, we frequently feel, and I'm going to read this because this is, this is how I have this underlined. We motherless daughters frequently feel this intense and disproportionate fear of losing a loved one. And because of their psychological identifications with their mother's bodies, they also develop an excessive concern for their own safety or health. I mean, I had a, I'd have a, a, 
oh, what do you call it? I'd have a, a fingernail that would get a little infected. I swear it was cancer. It was cancer of the fingernail. Andy, I knew you when you were a mama of little ones. Yeah. And I know that worry was on board for you. Yeah. Yeah. And, and the same person might not have any aversion to risk in her career or, it, or in other areas of her life, but her fears are very specific linked to illness or accidents or whatever. There's a residual of delayed post-traumatic stress from the first loss that gets triggered by the potential for certain events. And that's where I can tell you is that the PTSD, when I finally went to a, a counselor, she said, oh my gosh, you have PSD to the max. And, and I had been living my life raising kids and it wasn't until my fifties that I went, there's something wrong. This isn't a way to live. It just, it just got so bad. You know, it just came to a, came to a head basically. And I had to um, have counseling for it. And, and, and when I read the book, I thought they wrote this book about me. And so I really, really, if there's motherless daughters out there, get this book. It will help you understand why you are the way you are and why you've been the way you've been. <laughs> mm. And I think too, that, you know, it, there's so many different perspectives. My story is that I was age nine and my parents divorced and my mom did not want to be a mom anymore. So because she was alive and didn't want me, that lied to my soul that if your own mother doesn't want you, nobody will ever want you. So I had a tendency to sabotage relationships. And I remember the most sweetest thing happened to me um, after my mother passed. Not that that was the sweetest thing. I actually, at, at her funeral, I mourned for the mother I wished I'd had. Yeah, not sure. the mother I had. But the first Mother's Day after my mother passed, for those of you who are out there and that you had not good relationships with your mama or she wasn't in your life, Mother's Day would come and it was very melancholy for you because you'd go to the Hallmark store and nothing fit. Yeah, you put that card down and you put that card down. And so it was really cool. After my mother passed, the Lord said, I want you to go buy a Mother's Day card the first Mother's Day after her death. And I'm like, what? Wait a minute. I couldn't buy one when she was alive. How am I going to do that? And he goes, because it's to me. Oh, what? What? So I picked up a card. First one I picked up and it said, I was there when you skinned your knees. Yes, God was. I was there with your first breakup. Yes, he was. So I'm weeping in the Hallmark aisle and I bought the card. I filled it out to God, thanking him for always being there, like you would a mama who was always there. And that was the end of my grief. Yeah. Um, I laid next to my mother in her hospice bed, as she, in hospice bed as she was dying. And she said, please forgive me for everything I've done. And I said, mom, I forgave you a long time ago. Or I couldn't lay here next to you. Yeah. So there's lots of mamas, there's death or there's that they just left and they didn't want to be a mom anymore. Right. So Sandy and I hear all of your hearts out there, you know, um, and, and those are big pieces when your mom is not there. So this last Mother's Day could have created all kinds of, and maybe God brought you an awesome new mama from a neighbor or an auntie that stepped in, or maybe grandma took that spot. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. No. And that's wonderful. And, and there are that that can happen. It happened to me. I had a wonderful aunt that I just loved dearly that cared dearly about me and, and whatnot. But uh, I think also, it's an interesting thing, you know, you don't wish your mother would have died, but or anybody close to you dies. But um, it's in the book, too. And this really was an eye opener for me. I don't wish my life was any different as I look back. I don't wish 
my life any different? And a lot of people might almost be offended or shocked by that and say, what, what, what? But truly, um, I don't know. What do you, what do you, what do you say about that? Because that, that I learned, I learned, I learned a lot. Mm -hmm. I wished I would have gotten into therapy earlier because I literally felt nobody would ever love me if your own mom doesn't want you. Right. And so I'm sure as a younger person that leaked into relationships. And so it made me stronger. Yeah. It made me really have a heart for people who had lost their mamas through death or through just leaving them or a dad that left them and never came back mm-hmm. or a dad that died. But you're, you're so correct in that when I deal with clients that they've had somebody, a parent die at a certain age, they think they're going to. Oh, so yeah. that is very, very true. And not just, um, <clears throat> not just that, but you're, a, you're fearful. You're so fearful of everything. You're fearful of other people dying. You know, um, somewhere in the book, it said uh, that the scalp, she, she wasn't, af- if her husband was late, late, she wasn't afraid at all that he was in an affair. She was afraid he was dead on the road somewhere. That would, that's me. I mean, that's how I was. And my kids, oh, they're a little late. They're dead. You know, it, 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 it just, or, oh, I have a headache. I have a brain tube. <laughs> it's got to be a brain. Oh, tube. bless your heart. You've been like, <laughs> I know. I'm like, wait, Sandy, it's a, it's a, it's a sticker in your, in your finger. You're okay. <laughs> I know. I was awful. I don't even know how my friends could handle me back then. I mean, love you. And awful. <laughs> no, it was just like, oh, God love her. <laughs> I know. I was a mess. I was a mess. And then as and it closer it got to her age that she passed, I was sure I was gonna die. This was it. It was all when did, over. When did that start to shift for you? What happened? Was there a, a, a one mo- monumentous moment that you know that day I decided, or you know what? Well, it, acu- it it culminated in the fact that my anxiety got so bad I could hardly uh, I could hardly get out of bed, and um, the, you know, I've told the story before where I had this wonderful doctor that uh, saw me through. Every, he said, "I'm going to make you pay your copay every week to see me until this medicine kicks in." And that's what I did for eight weeks, went every, every week to the doctor and basically paid my 15 minutes to be with him. And then he got me connected to a therapist who I saw, and I've said this before, um, uh, it was every Tuesday, I believe at noon, I know it was at noon, it was every Tuesday, I think at noon, uh, for a year. And between him and her, Thank God, because that helped me understand what PTSD was. I lost a lot of people at a young age besides my mom. And I think it was, it was just something that I couldn't do it anymore. It just all came to roost. My kids, you know, had all empty nest. And all of a sudden, I wasn't as busy as I was, you know, blah, blah, blah. No, you know. So that that's that's what it was. And I came out of that with such great understanding and understanding myself because I thought there was something so very wrong with me always, 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 always. And a hypochondriac almost to where it it my husband said he he was so great, but you know, it bothered him terribly that he couldn't help me, you know. Yeah. They're such fixers. They want to fix it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so that piece to me, I can see where a man would go, babe, what can I do to help you? Nothing. Yeah. yeah. You know, Nothing. I have to walk through this. 
Yep, I have to walk through it. I love, though, because from yesterday, meaning years and years ago to today, um, I see things come your way, but I see that you handle them very differently. And that's cool. It doesn't wreck you. No, no, I don't get been out of shape at all anymore. I mean, and I think that if something did happen, I'd be able to handle it. <laughs> I yeah. that that's kind of a real good thing. But yeah, it, it, well, and, you know, I've had this conversation with some of our other girlfriends about that, you know, Father God, that it's so cool that the older I get, I go to you quicker. Mm-hmm. Like before it would have been months or weeks or whatever. And I'd worry and I'd say, now it's like, I, and I think it helps me because I'm in the word every morning. So it helps my brain go, wait a minute, because God knows it's going to happen today at two o'clock. I don't. Yes. I think that his word, I'll open it up to whatever I'm reading and it'll deal with whatever I'm dealing with. Yes. Oh, so it's very different today. Don't you think you get quicker and quicker to find a peaceful place? Oh, absolutely. And also the wisdom that we, that through all this. Yeah. Is, um, no one, kidding. Mm-hmm, the wisdom to know that, okay, this is what it is, you know, breathe. Boom. You know, yeah. I, I'm able to get shifted out of my uh, brain much quicker than I ever used to, where I used to just, uh, well, now, you know, it's like, if something happens to my body, it's like, yep, it could be cancer. And if I'm going to die, that's God's plan. So let's move on. Let's figure out yeah. what it is and go yeah. on. Yeah. I've been misdiagnosed with cancer twice. So that they, the doctor said I didn't have it and I did. And it's like, so it's like, okay, God, you, you caught me every time. <laughs> Why yeah. am I going to worry now? You, you yeah. helped me twice. So you know, I'm not going to worry now. It's oh, like, see, see, I remember Kathy, when, when you had your, um, um, uh, what's it called? melanoma yes oh my gosh i mean i i remember i drew you know anybody that i knew that would i mean i thought the worst oh me too at first well i suppose but i mean i went on for weeks thinking oh my god oh my god oh my god and you know and that's just part of the manifestation too of anxiety and not knowing what's going to happen and thinking okay i've gone through all these losses I know it doesn't have to be that way and learning that. Yeah. And what's really cool to me today is cancer no longer means death. No. You know, when my sister got it in 7980, it it did. They didn't have enough information. And so it's been really cool to know that my melanoma was stage four. And I looked at the doc and I go, shouldn't I be dead? I thought (laughs) stage four was dead. Did you say it funny? Please tell me you were a little. Yeah. Oh, no, I did. I said, well, shouldn't I be dead then? And he started oh, laughing. And he goes, well. That's funny. <laughs> so I said, I didn't know there was a five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Which number are you gone? <laughs> oh, that is too funny. But see that. that, that yeah. Well, I had a scare a few years ago with uh, with with the cancer scare. And I tell you what, I mean, even though I'm telling you all this, I was much more level-headed and emotionally balanced than I ever would have been before, but it's still, I mean, it's scary. <laughs> Why? I don't know if well, I could. For those of you out there that have gotten cancer diagnosis from one to four to wherever you're at, please know that Sandy and I sit with you and know that those yeah. are our pieces that, because we're totally always, always praying for our listening audience. So please know that, yeah. uh, you know, my granddaughter listened to it and I love her deeply. And she goes, you know, that's a little bit too religious-y for me. <laughs> I just start laughing and I go, okay, my love, my bug. 
one day, one day, she's 22 and she's just figuring what the world is about. And right now it's, it's her take. And, and then she goes, but grandma, I guess I can't get too mad at you. Cause that's what you're about. <laughs> I went, wait, oh, wait, 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 let me get this straight. She said, our podcast is a little too religiously. Yeah. Oh, and I said, so funny. but then she goes, well, but grandma, that's you, you do, you love God. That's what you do. Yeah. But <laughs> so see, I, I don't look at that as religion. No, I don't either. I, I look at it as my belief. Yeah. It's your belief and it's your, 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 where your spirit is and what you feel and what you believe in. But I don't know. Religion's got a bad name. And so I don't want yeah, to, that's why I tell name. people, I'm not a Christian. I'm not religious. I'm a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ yeah. who died and rose again. Yeah. That's it. Exactly. Exactly. And you know, it, it, people need to know that they, that they can uh, uh, get, we'll talk about anything. I mean, oh gosh, yes, we don't have I mean, to. I was in high school or no, I was in college and a young man was in my class and he, it was a Bible is literature. And he said, I can sort of take by some of your answers that you're a Christian. I go, I'm a believer. And he goes, Oh, I'm a Satan worshiper. And I go, Oh, you are. I said, where do you worship? And I just talked to him like normal. Mm-hmm. And I said, Oh, if you, you don't have a place here to worship, why don't you come Sunday and join me? where I go. And he goes, Oh, they'll, they'll laugh at me. They'll point. I go, no, they won't. And guess what? That Sunday he was there. You're kidding. And so he just wanted to belong somewhere. <gasps> and the Satanists on, on online, of course you can join them, you know, but, and he said, and it was just a really cool experience. He came with his black uh, everything and he sat with us and he's a sweetie. And today his life is different. But I respect everybody. It's like, where? I, in fact, I don't want to argue if you tell me what you believe, but I would love to hear it. Yes. Yes. Because I think it's fascinating. How'd you, yeah. That's why I said to him, I said, now, how did you start to be a Satan worshiper? Talk to me. And it was a really cool conversation right. about life and why he went that way. And mm-hmm. he wanted to be loved. Yes. So, you know, and as we sort of wrap up this, this talk about Mother's Day and all the emotions that go with it, and some of you out there, men and women may not have had a mama, and it does shift our, our life. But I know as Sandy and I have just now shared is that it shifted us in a way that we were able to manage. So that part worked. We made it through. Anything else you want to add, Sandy? Uh, well, my dog's barking. Hold on. Um, no, I, I wanted the book again, again, it's not a new book. It's called motherless daughters, the legacy of loss. It was a, it's, it's been on the New York times bestseller list and it's by hope Edelman, E D E L M A N. And, um, it was a Bible for me when I was going through my rough spot. So I, I encourage everyone that is having some concerns or trying to figure themselves out that have lost their moms to give it, give it a look. Yeah. And if you're one like me, that your mother was alive and rejected you, then forgiving what you can't forget by Lisa Turex is one that can help you as well, because I don't think we'll ever forget it, but to forgive it, then we stop drinking the poison. So today, I thank all of you for listening, for tuning in, for spending time with us. It really is special to Sandy and I. We so appreciate the time that you take and the opportunity that we have to share with you. Please continue with your comments at what's on your life plate at gmail.com. What's on your life plate at gmail.com. We'd love to continue to hear from you. Thank you so much. And thank you, Sandy. Thank you, Kathy. Have a good weekend. You too. Take care. Bye-bye.